Hello there. Hi. Welcome to Tom Top. Hmm. I'll get back. That's Alex Osborne. And that is Stephen Buck. How are you, gents? Are we we going live this time? Are we live? Are we live now? He's gone. Has he actually gone? Oh no, I thought he was doing another bit. Uh, Right, well, for those those at home listening on the uh, uh, audio version, we seem to have lost Gav very briefly. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back very soon. But um, Bucky, uh, I I know Gav usually does this bit, but I suppose me and you can try and muddle through this. But I believe this is the debate show number seven. It is debate show number seven. Um, We have got some talking points coming up as well, haven't we? We've got some cracking talking points. Um, so we'll cover off in the show. First of all, um, we'll talk around a little bit of a, a reform structure of the leagues. That seems to be a bit of a hot topic at the minute. Um, yep. We'll also cover off some chat around Harry Redknapp and his amazing claim that Spurs could win the league this year. Oh, here we go. Uh, you always had to, get, you had to get that second it, in, didn't you? Oh, um, right. It's out oh. there. It's absolutely out there. But let's get back to that later. Uh, we also need to have a little chat around Manchester United. You know, are they even yeah. a big club anymore? Mm. I don't know, but we'll talk about mm. that later. So, well, that's few, that's sure to get some very tasty bites from people. Oh, it's, it's, I'm definitely fishing for some comments and some participation from our viewers at that point. So, uh, but before we um, get into the rest of the show, it's probably best. Well, well let's welcome him back. Good yeah, to exactly. have you back. I literally, I literally just moved my laptop, and as I moved it, I pressed the off button because that's what you do. It's like you know, yeah. that's, that's well, how me, you do me and Bucky, Me and Bucky thought you were doing another little bit and trying to stay as still as possible, and then we realised actually you weren't, and you just gone. Ah, there you go. But, um, uh, uh, we, we might, we might as well let you do the uh, uh, admin bit like you normally do because you oh, the old housekeeping. The housekeeping. Uh, there we housekeeping, go. I want to call it. Yeah, so um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com forward slash Top Football. You can follow us on all social media at Top Football. And did you know if you put Top into Google, our name comes up first. Ensure you download Soccer Manager 2021. It's going below Alex and below oh, on the bar, along the bottom there. Uh, it's available on the App Store and on Google Play. Um, hello, Alex, Stephen and Gav, Matt. Good evening. And that is our number one fan from live he's watching us live in uganda right now uh and i've got a lot of time for Check that so Manasseh, Uganda. yeah Manasseh, Manasseh, thank yeah. you very much for yeah. watching the show um i'm even it, more impressed that his wi-fi is obviously a better connection than yours gav <laughs> yeah. my, I've, I've got good wi-fi now i've got business <laughs> wi-fi it's my, it's it's my fat fingers pressing off buttons anyway let's um let's get over that all, all sort of stuff and let's talk about some bits and bobs it's the debate show so we have a number of questions and we want to talk about them so a lot of which is going on right now is how much money we've got to pay for games so is 15 pounds per game too steep alex osborne if you're looking at it from a if you were a match going fan and you were one that went regularly, then £15 per game is not too steep because you don't have to factor in travel costs anymore. So they're, they're gone. Uh, beers at the ground, food at the ground, programmes, whatever have you, all of that extra added bonus is gone. However, as fans, for the past, what, six months, we've got used to having every single game being screened live on BT, Sky, 
Amazon Prime and then obviously the odd occasion on BBC as well. So you're kind of wondering, well, I'm already paying, if you are paying a subscription to Sky and BT, why are they now charging me an extra £15 just to watch my football club? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can understand where that's coming from. But if you're a match-going fan, I would say they were probably looking at this and thinking, okay, well, I can understand it. And clubs are going to want to do this as well because they're like, well, we're losing out on our match day revenue. And they're probably thinking as well, we are no longer restricted by the size of our stadium. So in theory, 5 million people could tune in, pay £15 each, uh, and that, all of that money goes to the, that, uh, that club. Whereas before it would have been, say, take for Spurs and Arsenal, for example, 60,000 seaters, aren't they, or thereabouts. They're limited by that, that capacity, aren't they? So they can only make a certain amount unless they charge ridiculous prices. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, it depends where you sit is basically the more point of, the, uh, of what I just said. Yeah, but what do you think? I think 15 quid is a lot for one game. A lot. Like if you think about your Sky subscription mm. and you, the breadth that you can cover off, the multitude of matches that you can watch in a, in a month, in a week, um, 15 quid per game, that's a lot of money. Um, if you're only interested in watching those games for your club, maybe, and you're used to going to the stadium all the time, your ticket price, your food, your travel costs, your, your match day programme the extra ball that you bought for your kids, then maybe 15 quid doesn't sound quite so bad at that point because you're going to probably spend 100 quid a game. Easy. Exactly, yeah. And that, that's, that's the point I was making about uh, match travel, match-going fans who want to go all the time, your season ticket holders. So I, I feel like your season ticket holders, they're probably the ones who are probably getting shafted the most out of this. Unless uh, I was having this conversation with, a couple of friends yesterday and they were talking about, I think there's been a couple of premier clubs. I think it was Burnley have come out and said that if a season ticket of their a season ticket holder of theirs can actually prove that they've bought the game being charged 15 pound extra, then they will reimburse those fans. Uh, but yeah. it's up to those fans to actually provide evidence of them doing so, which I suppose, how would you go about doing that? Which in many ways is no um, different to how they would do, bums on seats and season tickets anyway because you buy the season ticket and then you say well i can't go to this particular game and you essentially sell your ticket back to the club who then put it back into general sale um so it's not much different to that my beef with it is i think the clubs are missing a massive trick you know as you quite rightly pointed out you've got access now to a much wider fan base to attend your game virtually than what you have to when you're limited by the side of your stadium. I think Why this, can't I think, you change uh, it? And I think that we're, uh, with this is going, we're getting ever closer to that stream Premier League stream service like Netflix, like Amazon Prime. I think we are. This is this is all steps being taken to going into that into that uh, uh, way of way of watching your football team. Yeah. you know, I think this is certainly but another step along that way. Work. It just doesn't work for me. Um, if it Why was, is that? Why it, do you think it doesn't work? Because there's so many other streaming services out there and ways of watching the game which are far more cost-effective. I'm thinking people that are going to have Sky Go because they've already got Sky Sports. Um, and you can put that on a multitude of devices. So, you know, in theory, you know, someone's 
could have Sky Sports and all of a sudden you, you, your partner, your, you know, your, your daughter's son's cousin, whatever, they can get onto your Sky Go login on their own device and be able to watch that you game. Know, you know, Sky price. Go does limit the amount of people, the amount of devices that can be registered on yeah, the account. But even then, even if you said it was two devices, three devices, it's not costing you 15 quid a game when you've already got Sky Sports as a package deal and you can watch everything all in one place across the entirety of the month for probably, what, 40 quid for your Sky package? 15 quid is an overspend for one game. Now, I've got Are a couple of questions. I've, I've, got, I've got a couple of questions here. Um, so I know you can't see me right now, but that's irrelevant. Um, you know, everyone knows. Are you, everyone are you knows. starting Halloween early? He's doing the Black Lives Matter. He's just re- re- reminding everybody of that. <laughs> Keep um, up the good work yeah, there, Gav. I appreciate yeah, it. Not, not cool. Um, so um, Jamie, Jamie Watson said, uh, Jamie's been on the show a couple of times. He actually got involved with our watch long yesterday as well. Um, he's up in Liverpool. He said um, it should it should have been just the clubs offering this um, to put on their own platform. The price is so high because TV companies take their cut. But on the opposite side of it, Stu Mitchell, one of our best friends, he's literally watching this live from New York. We're a worldwide show. Um, he says, when you signed up for BT Sport, uh, BT Sky, Amazon Prime, etc., you knew what you were getting yourself into. Um, they haven't reduced your service. The fan is wanting more than nothing. And, and these games cost money for Sky, BT, etc. They're not running a charity. So, um, it's sort of like two sides of it at the same sort of time. Um, how would you break that down? I, I, Alex, you go first on this one. I can, I can, I kind of side with Stu Mitchell there in terms of yet yeah, Sky, Sky have paid. Uh, well, they've paid a broadcasting deal, haven't they, with the Premier League, and they do it over three seasons, and they they then renew it every three seasons, or they go to the highest bidder. So. Sky have obviously invested all of this money and uh, etc. And you know that to them, they need to take their cut. Um, it's a difficult one. I, 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 I personally think this has all been done because the Premier League clubs have been like, "Well, we're losing out on our matchday revenue, and we need to recoup some of that because of what's happened with COVID." I think that is the main driving factor behind it, and that's fair enough. Clubs are clubs. They they need money to survive on, you know, because otherwise they're not going to be there to 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 follow and support. But then at the same time, you know, maybe this will bring about some changes into the way the amount of money that does flow into the game and with some of the obscene amounts of money that has been thrown about. But again, that's all down to supply and demand, and obviously there's there's a huge supply and demand at the top level of football. But uh, obviously that we're going to talk about the reform of English football, um, aren't we, uh, very soon? So I, I don't know, Bucky, what do you think? For me, I just come back to the same thing. It's just too much for one game. If it was five quid to go and stream your game, as we've said, you know, be that via a platform of, I don't know, Manu TV or whatever single platform that they're going to go and put out, or if it's literally a pay-per-game system based off of one of the other TV subscribe systems, I don't see an issue with that. I think that's a fair price. You know, you're going to pay five ninety nine to rent a DVD uh, online of a film. You're probably going to pay, I don't know, six quid if it's in HD. Maybe you pay ten quid if you were going to the cinema somewhere. So five quid, six quid, maybe even seven quid, kind of feels reasonable. At the point you're paying fifteen pounds, and to just watch your 
three or four Premier League games of your particular side play that month, you've already spent what a Sky subscription is. Do you not feel There's that no we've value. been spo- do you not feel that we have been spoiled because of lockdown, etc.? You know, we have had ten Premier League games a week every week. Do you not think then when you put that into perspective, if if you said to anyone, can you watch uh in, in the UK, I must stipulate, in the UK you'll be allowed to watch a three o'clock game. You know, does that not change things? Because we've never been able to do it since 1965. The only three o'clock game on a Saturday we've ever ever been able to watch is the FA Cup final. Yeah. Is I mean, it's it's strange, isn't it? Because in all the other countries around the world, they can watch all the Premier League games and they pay they pay a certain amount. Like obviously, I think over in America they have was it NBC Sports package or something. Uh, and there's yeah. a dedicated English Premier League channel, isn't there? And they can watch, you can watch all of the Premier League games on there. So it's not an issue for them. It's just an issue, obviously, for people in this country, um, which seems like we're almost getting punished a bit severely for living in the UK and trying to follow your own football team. Um, what I want to do, do, what I do want to find out... We have been spoiled. I, it's exceptional 100% circumstances. we've been spoiled. I, I think we, it's just exceptional circumstances, isn't it? Well, or is it the game evolving into a new direction? You know, the whole structure that we used to have, that all games were fixed at a certain time, and then that changed because of TV rights. And then it was a very clear, well, it's, you know, you've got an early kickoff, then you've got your later kickoffs, and the bits in between, none of you can go and see because of TV revenues again. I think that's evolving and that's going to change. You're not going to see that restriction moving forward we probably will see a new world and a continuation of what we're currently being seen because of the COVID issues with the clubs and different, you know, different games kicking off different days of the week rather than just being Saturdays and Sundays and occasionally Mondays. But I still come back to the same thing. 15 quid a game for just following your team is a lot of money. So you're um, not you you're not you won't do it then, Bucky. If uh, if, you, no. if Spurs not one of the five games that have been shown on Sky, BT, whatever, and that you need to pay fifteen pound, you're not no. going to do it. No, because there are other ways to go for us to go and see our clubs, which we can't necessarily say on live. <laughs> but I just wouldn't do it if it was five quid a game, hundred percent. I'm in, and I think that's a fair price and structure when you think as I say, five quid, six quid to go and rent a film on your TV somewhere. 15 quid is too much for one game. It's rip off Britain. Uh, I, what I want to know is, is if you don't have Sky BT or Amazon Prime, or whatever, if you can still do this, if you can still purchase it, or you have to have Sky and BT, and then this is an extra on top of that. I don't know. I don't know, um, but because I, for, for, so, for example, for me, I have a Now TV subscription. Okay, so and that is just dedicated to the sports package. So, if Arsenal are not playing live, for example, and obviously I want to watch the Arsenal game, is that available for me? Am I able to, if I want to pay the fifteen pounds, am I able to do so? You know, is this is this something that I'm going to be able to do? Because. Uh, yeah, you're right, Steve. You're right, Bucky. You might have to actually go into searching for other avenues, being able to watch the games, you know. And I, I definitely think that's going to be the case. If this was, for a if lot this of was more of a country. kind of a club targeted subscription for football, so 
come away from your Sky, come away from your BT Sport, and actually I can sign up to Spurs TV who are going to show me a live stream on my mobile device or on my laptop or on my smart TV, any Spurs game that's live and it's going to cost me 15 quid a month, I'm on it. Yeah, happy, yeah. Happy at that point, I think but that's yeah, fair. Because, because then you, obviously you then don't have your Sky package um, and then you, you're just paying Spurs directly. Same with Arsenal. That's, yep. that's I, th- I think, I think that's where the game should be going, personally. I or think that's where we should be going. The complete other direction, which I think we kind of, we, I'm sure, some, is it Satanta Sports kind of worked a little bit of it, where it was a, the whole system was a pay-per-view football match. Well, but the price um, structure was a lot cheaper. Well, here we go. You know, Stu Mitchell, um, he says, NFL Sunday ticket is $100 a month and it gives you access to every game, every team. So I I, I think $100 um, a month, you know, well, I don't know. Is, is it too steep? Is it not? That's 25 oh, quid a week. $25 a week. You know, I've it's not so, so bad when you put it like that. So I've got NFL Game Pass, okay? And you pay, you've got two options, okay? How you How you pay, you've got, one option, which is your basic package, which will show um, NFL Red Zone, okay, and it will show the games, okay. But you don't. When it gets to playoffs, you can't watch the playoffs and you can't watch the Super Bowl on it. I've got the uh, advanced package, which is slightly uh, slightly more expensive, and they give you two options how to pay. You can either pay it in one go, which is I think is 150 quid, or you can pay four payments of uh, 150 split up into four payments, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you get the whole you get Red Zone, you get every single team games live and then on replay as well. And you've got various different um, ways you can watch that particular game. If you want to watch just the highlights or if you watch the game spliced up into plays back to back, you don't have any adverts. Or you can watch the broadcast as it was, as it originally aired. And then you can also watch the playoffs and the Super Bowl as well. But then you've also got documentaries and other stuff that comes with the NFL as well. So... That is, I suppose, a slightly cheaper option than what Stu Mitchell's got there, um, or was referring to. I, me and Bucky were just both saying that we think that maybe the better way would be to, if, if a club actually was streaming it live on your website and they had a pay for, they had a paywall in, encryption service and you paid up to that and then you, you watched the game there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it completely. I just, I just think, I don't know. I think fifteen. Put it this way: five games a week are not. Playing, being played on TV, right? So if you do want to watch all those games, especially people like us that we do a Premier League review show, we we get access to watch games, etc. But people like us that are, that are doing it, and just general football fans that they do want to watch one of the big games that are on that weekend. What if it is a Merseyside derby that's being played on on pay per view? Um, and the other the other big clubs, so to speak, if you want to watch the big clubs, you know they're playing as well. We have got to pay 75 quid a month, uh, a week, sorry, 75 quid a week on top of our Sky Sports and our BT Sport. I think I, I think it's a bit naughty, but yeah, Stu, there he goes. Yeah, uh, NBC SN, NBC Sports Network, less than $10 a month, and they could watch every game. So is this going to do exactly what Joby says? Are people going to be? I'm not saying that's that's you, Joby. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, pal. Um, but is this going to drive people to stream yes. illegally yeah. more? Yeah, 100% it will. Uh, absolutely, so what, what, yeah. So what should the Premier League do? 
they, well, the they only way to pay the only price is just reduce the price. Yeah. How much would you be willing to pay? It's for me. It's the price of a film, and it needs to line up with that. So if I'm paying five forty nine, five ninety nine to rent a film on my Skybox because I choose to watch it in that particular moment, that's what it should be to rent a football game. It should be alignment to that, not three times the price. Yeah, I'd pay a fiver. But the, the thing is, everything at the moment, I mean, like, this is a football show, but I just want to mention about the boxing. Um, is it the Anthony Joshua fight that's coming up? It's 35 quid on pay-per-view. That was never 35 quid before. That was no. 20 quid, and people were moaning about paying 20 quid. And then when it, when it went to 25. Now, if you want it in HD, I think it's a little bit more expensive yeah. again. So, And they'll try um, to sell it as, oh, we've got this... Yeah, entertainment. There's a massive bill of fighters beforehand, but fundamentally, you haven't bought that package for the warmer packs for A, B, C, or D. You've bought it for the main event. Yeah, mm. you have. And the way, and the reason why they justify try to justify that price is because they say, well, Anthony Joshua fights what once, twice a year, so thirty five pound per fight shouldn't be something that you guys should be moaning at. That's what yeah, I feel The only like reason we're playing that it. much rent in Joshua fights is because he has an entourage as big as the stadium's capacity. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily against that, to be honest. <laughs> um, now, I, I, um, I recently wrote a piece um, on uh, a football reform. I wrote it about six weeks ago. And um, it really wound me up because... Um, the Telegraph put something out there <laughs> on, on Sunday. So it made it look like the piece that I wrote. It was plagiarism. Yeah, exactly. And I'm taking, I'm taking uh, the Telegraph to court about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, uh, but I will try. Um, <laughs> I'd just so, like to point out, this was a discussion that Gav was having. I've been part of a discussion with Gav with that as well months back. So this isn't a new thing that's come off the Telegraph that we're just kind of hammering and, and you know attaching on to this generally is something that's in his head yeah um not just that as well i even sent the first draft to alex's good friend and a friend of the show martin wesley uh and so <laughs> so a long time ago it's got nothing to do but basically right a football reform my idea was to change the dynamics of football and by doing that we keep 20 teams in the Premier League. Three teams will still get relegated. However, the team in 16th place would then play in a playoff match or be part of the playoff organisation with the championship or, as I would like to now call it, Premier League 2. So Premier League 2 will have 24 teams in just as the championship is right now because there needs to be a gap that's bridged more between the Premier League and the championship. Because if we don't bridge a gap, football will die forever. Forever. So, in the championship right now, it's the top two that go up. And the teams in third, fourth, fifth and sixth, they will then be part of the playoff scenario. My idea is to have three teams go up. So, the first, second and third in the championship. And then teams in fourth, fifth and sixth be joined by the team in 16th in the Premier League. Over a two-leg oh, scenario... Oh, you mean 17th? Do you mean 17th? No, I mean 16th. Oh, uh, 17th, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, 17th. Yeah. So the team yeah. in 17th. Um, so, oh, sorry. It's because of the Rick Parry thing. So... Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Team is, the, the team in 17th will then join the teams in 4th, 5th and 6th in the Championship in a playoff. 
Yeah. And the winners, the winner of that either get promoted to the Premier League or will stay in the Premier League, depending on what yeah. club it is. And this um, isn't a new this isn't a new thing that's not been goes, done elsewhere, is it? I mean, goes, no, no, well, it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. So you have the Premier League and then you have Premier League Two. The next division down is Football League One. So that will be an amalgamation of current League One and League Two. Um, split into two divisions of 24 at exactly the same level, geographically um, evened out. So that the teams that are currently play in League 1 and League 2 right now will then be in the same division, but split into North and South. Where it would goes make, a little... Help crew not driving over to Exeter on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, very true. However, you know, there are, there are caveats to it, but I'll go into that in a moment. Um, the bit which splits opinion is Football League Two, which will be the current National League or the Conference, as people know it as, mixed in with the Premier League development teams. So the under twenty threes. That's where it tends to split a little bit of opinion. So um, in terms of geographic, um. It's done as, as fairly and as evenly as possible. And by doing that, it, you're pretty much drawing a line across a certain part of the country, you know, and then the 24 teams up there in the north and 24 teams down there in the south, the Midland teams, yeah, they're going to be part of it, but, you know, it will be dealt with accordingly. Where it can get awkward is if, you know, three northern teams get relegated from the Premier League 2 and three southern uh, and uh, sorry four because it would be four that would get relegated from that division and then four southerly teams so to speak would then get promoted and it could cause a little bit of a chasm there but by doing that you know you just have a look at it at the end of each season who will sort it out in which particular geographical area as they currently do right now further down south in the in, in the pyramid and then rejig the league if necessary and go forwards that way. I mean, like, uh, I'll try to explain it without reading the whole document out to everybody. So if anyone wants any clarification on that, drop it in the comments. If anyone's confused, I don't mind. But, gentlemen, you've read the piece that I've put together. What do you think? Um, I'll go with you, Buck, first, because I remember Alex left first last time. To be honest, I kind of think it makes a lot of sense. Um, yes, there are going to be some challenges, but we've got challenges already. And and the gap that we've got and that's going to continue to grow between the lower leagues and the Premier League, purely because of the TV rights more than anything else and the financial impact of what COVID is going to have on those teams, I think it's, a, it's something that we have to go and put forward. Um, I think this could generally help. It reduces a lot of the travelling costs for the teams. Um, it aligns... As I understand it, it aligns with the referees structure as well, because I think they're actually divided up into north and south mm -hmm. in the way that they're developed and coached. So actually, it would probably help them in terms of where they're going to get placed and travel expenses and you know, who, which referee do you place into which game, etc. And if you're going to move towards a, a model that we're kind of seeing now with COVID anyway, whereby that kind of Saturday, Sunday is game time and we don't really do that much during the week because it's European fixtures unless you're lower down the league. Does this not help that as well? 
you know. Yeah, um, Joby, um, no. So basically, the team in 17th will be part of the semi-finals. So they'll be part of it. And it'll be over two legs as well. You know, if they go out in the semi-final stage, the team in 17th of the Premier League, then they are, they're, they're in the mix. Um, they're in the mix. Oh, oh, in the first playoff, my bad, my bad. So yeah, the the team, the team in sixth, were playing the first playoff. Pretty much how it is right now. It's 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 the first seed versus the fourth seed versus uh, in one game, and then it's second versus third seed in the other game. That's how it works right now. The only thing I would question is what would happen if Prem Two has got the under twenty three squads in there? No, 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 no. Prem Two hasn't. Prem Two hasn't. Okay, so you're no. not risking uh, a no. clash of football league two. Football League, Football two. League two, so okay. four, yeah. So that yeah. So that they would have the prem teams in. Okay, and there so has you're not to be a minimum clash. No, yeah. no. And what it happens can't happen. if Chelsea's under twenty threes would essentially be gaining theoretical promotion to? They can't prem two. They can't. So they're fixed and they cannot move up. They're fixed. They could go down, but they can't go up. It's exactly okay. the same. It's exactly the same in in Spain and in Germany right it's now. It's rugby it as well, I believe. That's the same thing, um, isn't it? You, you lost me on rugby. Um, I think. I think. Of, I think. In terms so. of pyramid, in terms of pyramids, you've lost me. I, I'm not quite sure. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to answer that. If anyone knows, you know, for, by all means, let us know. Um, the issue with my camera, by the way, is is the application. The app, the app needs updating. Um, so <laughs> my webcam app needs updating, but um, who cares? Because on audio, you can still hear me. So, um, Alex, what do you think? So, I am a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to the English football pyramid, and I was always of the opinion that I don't really think there's a need to change. Um, so when I was reading your, uh, when I was before I read your article, and I, I know you've been told I was. I was ready to quote unquote hate on it straight away, but I actually love it. Um, I really do. Man, I, this, I, this, I this think... is what winds me up, man, because if I had the camera right now, you'd be able to see my little heart heart hands. <laughs> You're doing yeah. a Joey dance, aren't you? He's in the back so they're going, Yeah, I've got them all. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just a little heart hands. Yeah. I, on, I, I, I I definitely think um, the divide, especially for the football league idea of the League One and League Two teams being amalgamated into North and South, just like it is for the National League North and South right now. And then obviously you do it again at the National League. And I love the fact that you've got the uh, the development squads, the under-23s put into that division as well. Um, I can understand why people would be kicking back because that when you've got the under-23s being put into that division, that means that they'll be replacing teams who have already been there and potentially those ones that have worked their way up to get to that stage then could be pushed back down again. But at the end of the day, um, under-23s football, especially for Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Ch- uh, City, Liverpool, Spurs, whoever, that quality, they'll be, co- they'll be used to a certain level of coaching. And those teams that will be coming up to get to that stage, playing against that kind of quality opposition would only ultimately do those clubs uh, who have been in that those le- under those lower league pyramid the world of good okay because they'll be able to come... go out to those clubs on loan anyway because actually they need the first team experience they need to uh, a bit more of the physicality of of the football league and get used to that and get used to playing in that on a regular basis because if you can play under 23 football and it's very technical but it shields them for 
the reality of what it is to progress up the football system. And it, well, the other thing as well that the the lower league teams would be would be uh, would like is that they would get to play potentially at a um, a, a better facilities. She would she would say whether it would be done at uh, the training grounds or whether it's actually done at the stadiums. However, like whether Man City, where I don't know where Man City's under twenty threes play, but if they play in the Man City complex, we know what the Man City complex is like. That's Imagine, imagine you're like you you're playing semi-pro and your club has gone has gone up the leagues and you've got to that stage now and you've just turned pro and you then walk into Man City's training complex and you're like, yeah, imagine oh, the God, playing, yeah, so exactly. Playing so the under 23s, like, well, Sol- FC, as I understand it right now, they would be going into the North South Football League One, won't they? That's where because they're a League Two club, aren't they? I believe. Yeah, they've only just come through. Um, but, just uh, out, we've the, just seen a comment from Jamie Watson just come through. Um, we can't get it up on the slides at the minute because uh, Gav's had we've lost. Issue. Yeah, unfortunately, we, um, we have lost Gav again. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, Jamie Watson, absolutely, mate. Um, how can so you look you at situations what does the comment say? like? How can you look at situations like Bolton, Macclesfield, Charlton, Sheffield Wednesday, Berry, and many others, and say change isn't an absolute necessity, and it is. So okay, well, um, whilst whilst we talk about that, um, we might as well talk about the uh, big project. Or what's it called? The uh, project big picture. Okay, that has recently come out over the weekend, which everyone seems to be attributing to both Liverpool and Man United for being the driving forces behind this. Okay, so I, I have the bullet points here in front of me. So I'm going to read them out, and then we can discuss it from there. For those who haven't seen this. Uh, or haven't had the time to get to it, our listeners and follow, uh, followers at home. This is what the project big picture has been proposed. So um, the Premier League will be cut from 20 to 18 teams with the Championship, League One and League Two all keeping their usual 24 clubs. There will be nine long-term shareholders will be given the power and have special voting rights on all sorts of issues in the Premier League, including any rule changes, who becomes chief executive, and even if a new owner can take over at another club. A £350 million rescue fund will be made immediately available to the EFL, the English Football League, and Football Association for lost revenues for the 2019-2020 season and the 2020-2021 season. The League Cup and the Community Shield will be completely abolished, so there will be no more. Parachute payments will also be scrapped to those being relegated from the Premier League into the Championship, and instead, 25% of the Premier League revenue will be distributed to the English Football League. Promotion playoffs for team, in this meaning the involved in the 16th place team in the Premier League and the third, fourth, fifth in the Championship. So very much what Dav was saying there. Uh, funding will be provided to set up new and independent women's league, and then season to start later and pre-season friendlies extended. Okay, so the main different points there from Gav's reform and what they're talking about this reform here is the Premier League being cut down by two teams to. 18 okay um the football league pyramid still staying the same but obviously the 250 million or 25 percent of the revenue being distributed to the english football league well the community shield and the league cup being abolished the season starting later and the uh nine long-term shareholders um being in charge of any rule changes so bucky what are your thoughts on that proposal 
I mean, it's very similar to what Gav's um, put forward anyway. My main concerns with that real proposal is parachute payments. I think if you take those away from clubs that have been relegated, and we see a lot of clubs yo-yo anyway, um, you know, Sunderland, West Ham, Bolton for a while were classic yo-yo clubs. If you spread that across the rest of the Football League, I think you're probably going to find there's a bigger gap financially between essentially the Championship and this new Premier Division. Um, you could lose 25% of your TV rights, but that there's still a massive, massive financial gap. And I think that you'll just end up seeing far more yo-yoing of clubs moving up and down. The only thing that you might see is rather than it being the same clubs that yo-yo up and down, you'll get different clubs come in each year and get relegated. But the whole point of coming up, probably going down in the, the very next season, I think will just become more and more and more a regular thing. Um, but it's very similar to what Gab has put forward. Very, very similar. It is, it is very similar. What I, what I will say is the two points that I think will have will cause the main issues here, which is the nine long-term shareholders Mm-hmm. And then the season to start later with the pre-season friendlies, which basically says to me is that the bigger clubs want to take control, okay? And yeah. they see the pre-season friendlies as massive money makers. That's why they want the season to That's start the whole later. Point of it, and, isn't it and therefore the... for them to gain extra money from being in China or being in America or being in Australia or wherever they may be. That's the whole point. When it comes when it comes to pre-season friendlies. You know, remember back in the day when we were when we were kids. You know, obviously for Buck it was a very very long time ago. But for everyone, <laughs> but, for, but for everyone else in the in in, in the chat, uh, no, um, you know, you will look forward to seeing big clubs turn up and play against, you know, Bishop Stortford or you know, um, sort of, you know. Stevenage will play against Spurs and Spurs will take their, their full team out. Whereas now, Man United are playing against Liverpool. Yeah, in it's a the other 23s. In, no, Man United are playing against Liverpool in a 110,000-seat stadium in America. Just before, we spoke about it on last week's show when Tom Overend joined us, um, who's a massive Chelsea fan. Ruben Loftus-Cheek got injured in a friendly match that was played Two, three days after the Premier League season finished and four days before a Europa League final. Why are these games... It's all about money, you know, on that side of thing. I mean, like Rick Parry, I understand what he's trying to say. I don't agree with the 18-team Premier League. And I also believe and also think that the Bundesliga should be 20 teams as well. Because I don't like I don't like the idea of a top flight, a major top flight league only having 18 teams. Italy did it. They had 18 teams for donkeys and they moved it to 20. In fact, in Italy, they still had two points for a win until 93-94. Yeah, that was following them. Um, I forget which side it was, but they yeah, won the they won the league with the lowest amount of goals or something. Yeah, AC Milan scored 35 goals, only considered 16 go. or something like that. But um the League Cup, we spoke about it on a previous debate show. You could go back and watch that. Um, the League Cup, I think, should be scrapped. I think it is pointless. Um, in cha- getting rid of the Charity Shield or Community Shield, whatever you want to call it, I think that should be the only friendly money maker. 
personally. You know, Italy started tried to do it and they did it in the wrong way by playing the Super Coppa Italia in Dubai and in Japan. I don't agree with that. We're still fans. I don't, still I don't have an issue with going down to 18 teams, but I don't see the point in friendlies. Um, they are mon- they're a money spinner. No, friend, friendlies, friendlies need it. to be there. Friendlies need to be there to keep the fitness levels up. And get them. Look, look how bad, badly Man United has started. We're going to talk about Man United in a couple of minutes anyway. But look how badly Man United have started. And I feel that if Man United had a pre-season, they would be performing a lot better than they currently are right now. The issue that I have with the friendlies is exactly what you've already mentioned, though, where they are, they're not really competitive friendlies anymore. They're just there to spin money. Um, so the amount of clubs that take the, take the sides abroad up until this year, um, do they get anything out of a pre-season friendly? The managers don't like them. Yeah, they want everything to be at home. And if they generally were forced to play at home... Are they really going to play a full-strength side? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I just I just want to make sure that there is a level of protection for the football league clubs, and all the way down. I just want I just want make, I want to make sure that there is some form of finance going down because end of the day, if we lose our grassroots football, not just in this country. In the world, any world level of grassroots football, if we lose that, we're doomed, mate. We're absolute doomed, boys. Finance is one thing, but to provide them with some more money that's perhaps coming out of the Premier League, I think, is a bonus. But we have to look at how these clubs are run. What happened at Berry should never, ever, 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 ever happen. And that's not just because they didn't have a lot of money coming through the door. That's bad ownership. It's yeah, bad that, leadership. That, I think that's a different question, a different story for a different time, though, isn't it? Because that's when we talk about the um, the fit and proper tests and things like that. It, you it know, comes what, part what of it. You, if you just pump more money down the down the football league, all you're going to have is those leadership issues will still happen. They'll still be exposed. What, what, what I mean, I don't necessarily mean like. Uh, that money needs to be fed down as such. I think I've worded that badly. I think what it is, it's more of a case that there's just a big divide happening right now between the Premier League and even the Championship. There's such a gap. Yeah. Excuse me. In terms, in terms of the clubs and how the football team, uh, football teams play, then you can t- you can look at the coaching element of certain things or whatever. But parachute payments they help. We look at. For an example, this is something that I was reading earlier on today as well, because at the moment it's the big six teams that are the big six, the predominantly big six teams that are trying to drive this forwards. One of those teams is Manchester City. Now, this conversation was originally had in the late 90s. Where were Manchester City in the late 90s? In 99, 2000, they were in what is now known as League One. They wouldn't have a say on this. They wouldn't be anywhere in this conversation. So what makes them now believe that they think that they have the right to turn around and say, we are a big club right now. We could do whatever we like and say what we like. They can't. They they shouldn't be allowed to do that. I, I think uh, UEFA and FIFA probably disagree with you when they uh, 
when they overspend financial fair play and just get yeah, a little ticking but off. But years ago, yeah, but 20 years ago, this same team that are trying to say, we're doing this, we're doing that, were in League One, and they were only a Paul Dickoff penalty away from staying in there. And Gillingham would be in, in, in what is now known as the Championship right now. And Gillingham... So what I'm saying is Man City have forgotten their roots. Yes, they have. And at the time, there was another team that were that were doing a, a, that had a big say at the time in the top leagues. I can't remember who it was, but I know Bolton had a chat about this about 12, 13 years ago. They were a Premier League side at the time. They are now a League Two team. So if it happens, if it, it can happen to anyone, it really can. So to have the um, the one vote, one say thing that that needs to stay. The, the rest of it, I think people need to remember where they come from, who they are, and where, and re, as I said, she just remember where they come from and and need to um, be a little bit more realistic with their with their mindset and with their with their hopes for and dreams going forwards. So what we're saying is, Man City need to get back in their box. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get back in your box, City. Get back in, yeah, Bob. Get back yeah, to man. signing Ben Johnny. Yeah, the football reform is available on my um, on my personal Twitter. It's available on the two up top page, and um, I did share a link for it on the um, Twitter, um, the two up top Twitter page as well. But. It's it, it was it was something that, as I said, it's something that I've been writing and, and looking at for a while. And then Rick Parry and the Telegraph decided to say it. And yeah, plagiarism case is coming towards you, um, the Telegraph. And with that money, we will pay for a studio. Um, and do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, let's let's be nice to the Telegraph. We don't want any money, but we will host our podcast via the Telegraph. I think that's fair. Is that fair? We'll yeah. still remain. We'll still remain independent. We'll still be two up top, but we will do this. Um, we'll do this on behalf of them. And Jamie says, uh, "I say this a lot, but there are too many professional clubs in England." Uh, oh, in fact, Jamie, I think I remember this conversation. Actually, I really do. Um, is there any country in the world that sustains a hundred plus professional teams? And before we move on. Oh, there isn't a one. There isn't one. We've got 92 professional teams that play professional football, but there are a number of professional teams that are currently playing in the Conference National or the National League, as you want to call it now. So, yeah, we have got in excess of 100 professional clubs in such a small country. Right. Um, we haven't got um, the greatest amount of time, so um, we will um, talk about Man United very quickly um, before we talk about well, yeah, another 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 point. Um, are Man United still regarded as a big club? <laughs> no. <laughs> That, no. that, 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 that question wasn't posed by me. That question was posed by a certain Tottenham fan that you can see in the top right. If no. You're right now. No. <laughs> Man United are a giant club. Man United are a brand. Man United are the biggest club in world football. No. They are. If they're not the biggest club in world football, they are... Um, the second behind... They're, they're the player. second, yeah. Okay, so... so this is just coming from a Spurs, oh. Spurs fan. He's still on cloud nine because his team managed to actually win at Old Trafford for a change. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. I come at it from a different yeah, angle, you know. I come at it from a different angle. All right, then, mate. Right. Go on, then. Are Man United a big brand? 
100% yes. Okay. Big brand, yes. Okay. When I say club, uh-huh. and I'm talking about the team, I look at mentality. Yeah, I, feel, okay. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, provisions being placed. Yeah, it's men- right. Mentality. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, if I'm, Man United was a big club. Right now, I'm leaning my ear in right now. That's what I'm doing. Okay, so Man United do not behave like a big club anymore. They haven't okay. done since Ferguson left. Mm. Okay. Edward Wood, who took over in 2013. This is Manchester United that have won more, more trophies than um, Tottenham have in the same time period since. Man United have only won three trophies in seven years, which Man okay. United is nowhere near enough. How many How many have Tottenham won in that time? Uh, this is a show about Manchester United. How many, how many have <laughs> We haven't won anything at that point, but that's not part of this debate here. So, Man United have won three trophies in that time. Yeah, fine. fine. But it's not... Man United, and that's not big team or mm. big club mentality or territory. You start mm. to look at the brands that they were under Sir Alex Ferguson, and they were on par with your Barcelona's, your Real Madrid's. They were up there with your Bayern Munich's. They were a big, big, big club. Mm. Well, let, let, let me ask you a question, Buffy, before you go any further. All right. So, are you saying to me, before Liverpool won the Premier League this year, by your metric, they're not a big club? I think Liverpool, up until recently, were certainly not a big club anymore. They were living off their history. (laughs) They were living off their history. My head is my my head is in my hand. They were living off their history. (laughs) Alex, we can see you. We can see you. We know that. My living off their history. This is this is this is for people at home listening just on the podcast on the audio version. My head is in my hands. I I, I don't understand. Okay, I get I get that they may not be winning things anymore, but by every single metric, they they are a big club. They're the most successful club in English football. They're always at the top of the table. They sell out crowds week in week out. They have a global brand. Mm. Uh, okay. They right, they sorry. attract some of the they attract some of the world's biggest superstars that come and play. For they do now. Team. Okay, they don't. Who do now? Liverpool, Liverpool do now. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Liverpool oh. do. I'm talking about Man United do that. Liverpool do? Yeah, Liverpool yeah. do now. For the now? last five years under Klopp, they've attracted big, big sides. They've been competitive. Oh. They've grown. Their and, and brand who, of football's improved. They're winning the most, trophies what, again. What about the most sought-after striker in world football at the time? Luis Suarez. He was he he was he was bought by Brendan Rodgers. Does that then make Leicester a big club? A Leicester a bigger club because they've won more titles recently than the Man United? No, but mentality has to be differently. Big clubs like Liverpool are now mentally. When they say I need a centre half, and the manager says I want that centre half because that's going to make me a winner. The price is almost irrelevant. They go out and they go, okay, that's the solution. Bang. There's the money. We want Van Dyke, And they buy him. Manchester United have the same mentality as those clubs that we're laughing at at the minute. Because they go, ah, oh, I want Jaden Sancho. Price is £100 million. Oh, well, I'm only going to spend £92 million. That's, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's nothing to do with the club. It's the, it's the people that it's are, the way it's um, run. are hanging about that with com- money. But that comes as part of that club mentality. That would never have happened, ever have happened, under David Gill. 
Uh, Manasseh who's watching over in uh, in Uganda is my boy there right now. What's good? Um, uh, oh, I think, mate, you do not behave like a big club now. Um, maybe if you took the best Chelsea um, reserves to... Uh, maybe if you took the best Chelsea deserves to uh, be called that. And I know he's a massive Chelsea fan, so... Um, you know, go easy on him. It's not his fault. Um, it's right, though. Man United do not <laughs> behave like a big club anymore. They don't. Oh. They don't. They've had five managers in seven years. Oh. Uh, so what, Joe, why don't we talk about uh, clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona going through uh, big big managers after big managers after big managers. Yeah. And I, and I get that, and we can throw all that in the mist, but that we keep going back to that would not happen if you are a big club with big mentality, with a key strategy that you actually stick to and know where you're going in direction. Barcelona, for all the changes of managers, don't change direction. Mm. They've, they've got a horrendous, horrendous guy in charge at the minute financially. I think it's the president who cannot seem to get any player that they want over the line, but it seems to keep letting them all go out the door again. You know, it's no wonder why Messi's losing his rag over there. But Man United cannot do it. They've gone after so many players. David Moyes, when he took charge, they had a chance to go for Thiago or Maran Fellaini. And he went, I'd rather have Fellaini, thanks. Cheers, thanks very much. I'm 100% certain that didn't happen. The fact that I'm guessing that what, for whatever reason, Thiago wasn't able to be signed. For whatever reason, and they went, Fellaini was a plan C. There is no way in hell even David Moyes would have gone. Do you know what? I'd prefer Marilyn Fellaini over Thiago. Yeah, he was no, he was never going to be no. a top target. No, no, no. no. Man no, United, no. huge brand, massive global brand. Not taking anything away from that. I'm not taking anything away from their history. I'm saying right now, in terms of mentality, they are not a big club. Man United fans, um, what do you think? Either comment now or stick something on our Twitter and on our YouTube. I, I, um, I, I can't read into that. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just. It, In fact, it's not... I'll go one more for you, Gav. Oh my God, Man United right now are no different to what Liverpool were when they were banging on about how many titles they'd won, but they couldn't win a trophy. Man United Tottenham are now Tottenham Liverpool. Fans, Tottenham fans need to get back in their box a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because I know. Arsenal, Arsenal fans didn't even get involved in that banter. They, they, they Manchester didn't. United are now what Liverpool were. Wee! Jesus Christ. So you, you're, you're just saying that because the other question was, do Tottenham have a real chance to win the league this year? No, <laughs> no. This is your no, question, no. bro. No, <laughs> no, listen, whatever Harry Redknapp was on when he came on Sky Sports and said, Spurs yeah. have got a real chance of winning the league this year. You know what? I'd love some of those pills because that's <laughs> some good stuff. But there is no chance. No, I'm sorry. The front three, I, I kind of get the excitement behind it. You know, on paper, theoretically, it's probably one of the, top front threes that you could put out in the Premier League. The mm -hmm. rest of that squad, I'm sorry, and I'm going to tell every Spurs fan the same thing, it ain't good enough to come anywhere close to winning the league. No. It's not. So why um, why is he saying that then? What's 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 the what's the situation? Well, because he, he, you look on the face of it, Spurs is going, going forward 
at the very least, they have a very strong front four, I think you can call it that. When you when you think of it on paper, you've got Son one side, Gareth Bale the other side, Harry Kane, and then what? You've got, uh, you could have Bergwijn, Deli Alley, um, whoever in behind Harry Kane, right? Mm-hmm. So you think, yeah, actually, that's probably, well, that's certainly probably stronger than Arsenal's. It's certainly on a par or better than Chelsea's. It's equal to Man United and it's probably slightly less than Liverpool's, okay? Because I personally, I still think Liverpool have the best front three in the Prem, okay? Mm-hmm. I think Tottenham's issues are still goalkeeper and defence. I just don't, just don't think that they, you've done enough to address those issues. And uh, as, as, as good as Spurs have been in the first few weeks of the season... As you get into it, injuries pile up, suspensions, etc. I think that it's just going to be just too too exposed. I think when it comes to that, I agree with the goalkeeper thing because um, Hugo Lloris. People will go on about it and turn around and say, "It's one, it's won the World Cup." Yeah, Oli Giroud won the World Cup. Now I love Oli G. Everyone knows that, but you know, is he is he all that? Um, I, I, I think know, he's I better than the other options that are there. Yes, but... I would rather play him than than play. Uh, um, what's his face? What's his name? Um, Joe Hart. Hart. Um, I, yeah, but, I, I, yeah, I'd rather do that. But I do think they've recruited probably for the first time in a number of years quite sensibly mm-hmm. this year. Um, they needed a right back, so they've gone and got another right back. They have rec- they needed to fix left back, and I think uh, Regulon is probably going to be the bigger impact of all the signings. Um, so I like that. I like the fact they've now generally got two players in each position, where they never had that before. We finally got a striker to play back up to Harry Kane. Mm. It's only taken them like you know twenty five years to work out that they needed one, um, but. Honestly, challenging? No, sorry, not a chance in hell. No, no way, no way. Uh, just going back to the United thing, uh, my pal Leon Govan's watching his show. Big Gooner, good lad. Um, I told people years ago, United was struggling once Alex left. I actually said that as well because everyone used yeah. to take the mick out of Arsenal. So, I, oh, you know, rah, rah, you know, um, Wenger this, Wenger that. I was Wenger out from 2008 well documented but I knew there would be a transition I knew things would change and I said this to Man United I was like when when Ferguson leaves I was like you are now going to understand what it's like being an Arsenal fan and you know United have struggled since Tottenham on the other hand yeah I'm one of those weird gooners that I actually quite like Tottenham I quite like the way you play I quite like what you've done when you had Harry Redknapp I liked the style of play that you had when you had Pochettino, but your running of the club is absolute dog. Oh, and shocking. Until, until that changes, Mourinho ain't even going to be the right guy unless things change at board level. At board level, things change. Mourinho comes in, boss, there you go. There's your league title. There's your there's your um, regular qualification for Champions League again. Your free pass to the Champions League again. There's your FA Cup. You'll go out there and win stuff again. And just to add, sorry, I'm just going to finish, finish off my whole day. You know, I've already compared Manchester United to being what Liverpool were of old. Spurs now are just what Arsenal were a few years back, but without all the 
trophies that came with it. Oh, we are so literally you're looking still, you're still at top in our four. shadow. You're still in. No, I'm not saying shadow. I'm saying it's the same level of ambitions. We're just oh, literally, right we're now. literally looking going. Top four is a trophy, and that oh, is where the problem is. Absolutely, and that comes from the board. It's like, oh yeah, we can we come higher than Arsenal. This is uh, this is us, Arsenal. Like, yeah, great. You know, we won a trophy. When when Arsenal players finish their career, they could turn back and say, yeah, we won this trophy, won that trophy, won that trophy. Tottenham players right now, apart from Harry Kane, have nothing to say. And, and that in itself is say. a travesty. A player like Kane should have trophies at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He's too good, way too good to not have something in his locker at the end of his career. Mm. Way too good. Um, I I generally think if we don't win something this year, he's gone. He <clears> has <throat> to, he, Harry Kane, he has to go. Well, it depends how long he's, how long left he's got on his contract. Because nah, listen. It, I mean, as soon as he I, says, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Players, players can like force their way out and everything, but... Even if, even with that, Spurs aren't going to accept a, a reduced bid from somebody from from somewhere because it would be they would be stupid to. They might be stupid, Anton, but we both Anton. know that Levy is fun and is stupid and tight. He sees dollar signs, he sells. It's as simple as that. He did it with Bale, he did it with Modric. He'll do it again, one hundred percent. He will do it again, particularly when the club is has allegedly got no money at the minute. So. And if Harry Kane says, I want to go to go and win trophies, I don't believe for one second, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Man City, they will all find the money because they will all take a player like Harry Kane. He will make them instantly better. Um, So, yeah, Son. Son, is he going to be out at the end of the season as well? Uh, I I think he probably will because he's... he's He's quite quiet as a as a lad in terms of personality type. There, he's certainly not one that's going to push the boat out. Um, but I rate him just as much as I rate Kane. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, could he go to any of those clubs and make them better? Yeah, he could. I don't think personality wise he would fit in a club like Real Madrid. I think you need a lot far more ego about you to fit there. Could Son? Could I see Son playing for Bayern Munich? Yes. Juventus? No, yes. No, PSG? I, I, yes. He's not playing for Bayern Munich. You can't, can't see him playing for Bayern? No. Because of his links previously in the Bundesliga? Nope. nope. No? Okay, uh, go on. Uh, Sane one side, Nabry the other, Lewandowski for the middle. He doesn't start. He doesn't start for Bayern Munich. Oh. I'm not being funny, right? Son is sick. We know this, all right? But he isn't world-class. And the reason why he's not world class is because he performs in bursts. He will have a two, three month burst where he is incredible. And then the rest of the time is just, you know, he's not a bit part, but he's not as as for is that not a, is that not an issue with the way what the Premier no. League demands of players though? No, 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 because you've got a world class player in Kane. But I'd Over argue here. that instead of having two or three I, I months would, where I he's would not argue that I would, doing I would it, he gets that... injured. I would argue that Harry Kane is not world class. I would argue that Harry Kane's probably more generational, which is, I think, for me, is above world class. Because world world class for me is not the best level of talent in football. Elite is the best. So would and you generational? Would you, so and then would world you, class. Would you, oh, if, if you want to put it that way, then 
No, because I, I put world class as number one. Yeah, world class, no. world class, yeah. world class is no. number one. Um, no, because I think only, there's only two elite players. There's only two elite players, and that's Ronaldo and Messi. They're not. They're not allowed to be in the same division as anyone else. If you take Ronaldo and um, Messi out of, out of the equation, then you've got world class, world class talent. Well, because you won't you, you don't walk around going, oh yeah, um, well um, generational talent to anything in any in any in anything you know in any situation, any world chat, um, not just yeah. football. You will say blah blah. It's world class. You know, world class is. Exactly what it what yeah. what it, what it what it says on the tin. Yeah, now, lift that player club. out, put him into any club, and Name, he, that yeah. club instantly go. You're starting, and they make him instantly yeah. better. You know what I mean? Okay, name, right. Name, name me, name me, um, name me um, a club that Harry Kane right now does not start for. There you go. Um, but I can name clubs that. Son would not start for right now, so he's not world class. He is okay. on the is he's, he's almost there. He's nearly there. But the fact your your silence there to tell me that Harry Kane, um, that Harry Kane won't be able to start for X club, goes to show that he is world class. The only team, that, in fact, personally, the only team that he doesn't start for is Bayern Munich. And I know Alex. Harry, Harry, Harry Kane starts with Bayern Munich. You don't agree with me. I don't. I don't mind that. Football's all about opinions yeah. and stuff. But end of the day, Harry Kane is second in the world right now as a number nine behind Lewandowski. They are the best two. They are the best two number nines in world football right now. There aren't any. There isn't anyone better in world football right now. Name me, can anyone, can either of you two name a striker, a number nine, a man through the middle who is better than those two? I mean, probably not. I mean, I would, I would say it would be interesting to see if he wasn't being played out left, where Aubameyang would come into that because it's, oh, you, not can't, you, you, you can't, you can't knock his goal record. Okay. If you're, if we're judging on strikers on their goal record, Aubameyang is definitely no, up there. We're, looking, we're looking at their work as a striker because like, we're, we're talking that people that are watching the game, not just reading the paper and saying, oh yeah, Lewandowski's got well, four. We're watching the game. Aubameyang is an incredible player. Well, he's not. He's not even the third. He's not even the third, um, um, The second best striker in the Premier League right, right now. Who's the second best striker in the Premier Aguero, League? Aguero, man. Why is people forgetting about Aguero? Well, I'm not. We're not forgetting about Aguero. But right now, at this very minute, Aguero. You can't say Aguero is the second best striker in the Premier League. He hasn't played yet this year. This season. This, yeah, he's not played the end of. And let's let's okay then. Okay, let's not split hairs. Right now, over the last twelve months, who's the best striker? You know, and it's still, it's still, it's still Lewandowski. Because if you want to talk about right this second, right this second, then we've got to say Dominic Calvert Lewin. But he's nowhere near. He's not. He's not. He's not even a fantastic player. He is having a purple patch because before he scored a goal this season, he hadn't scored in thirteen games. So let, we can't be involving him in that conversation. He's had a it's great, great form. It's yeah. great form. He's a great prospect. Mm. He's got the ability to improve. Yeah. Is he world class right now? No. 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 And no. If, anyone, if anyone tries to put Dominic Calvert-Lewin in a world class bracket, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you my address. Fire. 
fight you. Um, no, nah, I'm only joking. Because um, I'm a bit of a pussy. I, I don't fight. Um, but no, that's um, long, long and short of it. Tottenham, do they have a real chance of winning the league this season? Let's have another conversation in January. <laughs> We won't need one. <laughs> we well, won't I need do. one. I do. What, what, if, what if Liverpool lose two or three more games between then? And in those games, those weeks where Liverpool are dropping points, Everton are picking up points, Arsenal are picking up points, um, Man City are picking up points, Leicester are picking up points. You know? Look, we both know we could be top of the league in January, be nine points clear and still throw it away and finish third. So Very you true. Know, let's, you are let's, top. Just, let's kind of like add a bit of reality check to this one. At the minute, the biggest weakness in that club, other than the fact that the board is absolutely shocking, is mentality. And I get that's what Mourinho is trying to change, but it ain't going to change while you have the likes of Daniel Levy and his Levy Angels working with him. Until you change that, that club ain't going to change. True. Yeah. Um, no one has scored um, more goals. Uh, no one has scored more in, uh, than Aubameyang since he's arrived in the Prem. And, you know, um, what a gregarious man is Aubameyang. He is fantastic. We know it. However, I would still put him third behind Aguero and, and Harry Kane in terms of striker. But that's a different story for a different time. I'll let you lot chat about that next week. But um, that, that's it. That's it, really, isn't it? Um, I need to um, download uh, a new version of my app. So that's the reason why you haven't been able to see my face. But who cares if you're listening to it on podcast because we are in the top 100 podcasts in, 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 in sports podcasts in world in the world so you know you you probably don't know my faces but you can download this via youtube uh, you can watch it on youtube i should say uh, www.youtube.com forward slash to top football you can subscribe to that uh, like share and subscribe all that jasmine taz you can follow us on all social media at to up top football um on gav mac um that's uh stephen buck and that's alex osborne um boys did you know if you put to a top into google our name comes up first i didn't know i didn't know that how did i not know that did you not you know said, you should have mentioned it you should have mentioned oh, it before honestly, now no honestly if you put to a top into google our name comes up first thanks everybody and goodbye